Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to this. It's the Rugby Dungeon. And I am delighted, on Valentine's Day of all days, <laughs> to be joined by United States fly half and South Sharks fly half currently... Recovering from an injury, AJ McGinty. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. Doing well. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Why are you here on Valentine's Day? <laughs> um, my girlfriend's actually in America, and she she's working in America, so she, we just get trips over throughout the year. But uh, got the the flowers sent into to her office. Is she today. is she American? She is American. Yeah, I met ah. her when I was over in in university there. So um, yeah, she's going to be moving over at the end of. Uh, this summer, we said that last summer, but then she got a new job. So, so uh, whereabouts is she? She's in Atlanta. She lives in in Atlanta. I see. Now I know an accent when I hear one, and that is a thick, jo- and that is a thick Atlanta Georgia accent which you're sporting there. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, how often are you going over there? Um, at the moment, well, because I've throughout the, the year, I got over before Christmas, and then just previously got over three weeks ago when I first got the injury. Mm. So um, and then she's coming over in March, and then she'll be moving over in in the summer. And I probably would have uh, gone over for a game with the, with the US. Yeah. Um, but but with the knee injury, I haven't been able to. Now that's a that's a good point. Now with your with your US commitments, are you allowed normal player release for you know the the um, the American version of the Six Nations, which is currently going on now? Yeah, it's always it's always quite tough because I think. Obviously, I I look to, I want to play both games, but they fall on on the same yeah. date, um, and you're always going to let someone down. So, it's kind of always a like sticky situation. But um, I think this year I would have gone for during the LV, yeah, and played that first test, and then I, and then I would have come back. That was kind of the the proposed plan. But um, anything that that clashes with the Premiership at this at this stage is it's tough, isn't it? It's tough, and especially actually the the autumn the autumn tests are, are difficult as well. But um, I I'd missed them the previous year. Um, and I, I was actually in, had a sore hamstring, but I still played during that window. Yeah. So um, I didn't get into any serious trouble about it, but it was just you, you can't you, you're not supposed to do that. So um, this year I went over for them, and they were, they were actually in Europe. So yeah, I guess with the tier two nations, it's kind of you've got to be pragmatic both as a player and as a club releasing you guys. Yeah, you know it's yeah it, it is difficult because you know I think World Rugby are, are pushing that pushing for the Pacific Island teams and, and yeah. the, tier, the tier two nations and um, I think that the regulation nine, regulation nine law is good that if they if they if this is part if you get this regulation or the letter in the, from from World Rugby well then it has to be done and if you can come to a compromise well then you come to a compromise but um, 
just for this for, for the sake of the countries as well because that is a massive priority yeah and i guess from a wider point of view you know for rugby they need these tier two nations to grow i mean the u.s is such a massive market and as soon as they get the bug there well, I mean, as soon as they get the bug there, you might find yourself out of a job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's 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 always like I've had this conversation with my, like my brothers and my dad, and and then people have mixed opinions. But it's it's going to be hard to compete in a World Cup if you're not together consistently. So yeah. that's the massive argument to push for, and I'm, I'm and I'm all for that. That's why it's important to me to, to always be there, or um, and and for other players that are that are overseas to, to to get back and play, but it's not always the case. So I mean, I sort of take a passing interest in the in United States rugby. I'm not going to say that I'm uh, completely squared away on it. But for you, what are the big games that you would like that you would like to target, or that the squad target? What's your England Wales, for instance? For for playing against them, or no, yeah, I mean, what for United States? What what is the oh, big okay. what is the big grudge well, grudge match against Canada when I first. Uh, entered the setup that was always the massive game we played them twice prior to the World Cup um, and like uh, Canadian rugby just going through a hard time at the moment so it that, is, they, it? It, they're always grudge games like it, <laughs> there is a lot of hatred between, between, <laughs> between well, those players sure. and I, it's kind of odd because I I, I I get I get on with a few of them where after the yeah. game you chat to them but there isn't that sort of camaraderie there between, between both teams so that is always uh, pretty Pretty fierce, uh, pretty fierce game. Well, I am pretty sure on Twitter last week I saw the hashtag Canada Hate Week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous, but it's just it's just the way it's been for for so long. Well, I suppose if you're playing in the English league and you're again, I'm just trying to think of a couple of guys. So like Chris Robshaw and James Haskell, you probably know each other pretty well. I mean, England are almost like a club in themselves, aren't they? But if you are America versus Canada, I'm. I'm not entirely sure any of those lads play in the same clubs unless they're playing in like Glendale or somewhere. Yeah, well, it's funny. This I think the first interaction was actually two years ago when a few of the Canadian lads were playing in the the, the pro league in America, and a lot of guys got on and had <laughs> yeah, that yeah. chat with. They're not actually too bad, and it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, obviously they're, they're they're pretty much the same as us. Like, so I, I don't get it, but um, I think that's where the uh, Dragon. Did you you would have known Dragon that was over here. Uh, who sorry? The, he played with Sale, and he was from Canada, but he was in oh. Sa- he was playing in San Diego. Who? Who's I never that met him. There was a guy in Sale who played for United States, who was captain. Is it Mike Petrie? Mike. Oh, Petrie played Pe- as well. Yeah, Petrie. He played. He played at Sale for a while. Yeah. So yeah. There's a Canadian lad at Sale, was there? Uh, yeah, there was last year. His, I think his nickname was the Dragon. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. No. And the uh, and Hercus as well was Mike the, Hercus, was the yeah. ten as well for America. Now he actually did play for the Dragons. Did he not? Oh no, no, <laughs> the Canadian player. That yeah, it was called. Yeah, it was called, called the Dragon. But oh, okay. Mike Hercus played for the Dragons. Oh, did he? Okay. I think he did. Well, maybe I've got that wrong. But I, I remember mm. not so long ago, the American fly half or scrum half was playing. At, was playing at Waterloo. With that, uh... So Waterloo is a small club down the road. It's not small actually. It's one of the you know, grandest clubs in the country. It's certainly one of the el- one of the oldest. But I think not, not this World Cup because that'd be you. Maybe the World Cup before that. Uh, the flyhoff there was playing club rugby, uh, just uh, just outside Liverpool. Really, kind of. I didn't know that. Yeah. So let's just uh, rewind this a, a bit because I made a joke about your accent earlier on. How did you end up playing for USA? So I, once I finished my degree in in Ireland, I kind of was playing in the semi-pro league or the AIL, it's called. So 
you have the amateurs and then the guy that comes back for the academies mm-hmm. that play. And I did that for three years and then I just I moved to New York, got a visa, got a job there, went out working with a, with a few of my mates and then stayed there nine months. And then I, I kind of worked for three months and then I got a bar job um, and I had my, my parents visit me and my dad wasn't really too happy with the situation because I had another five months of my visa left. Yeah. And he didn't want me working in the bar for another five years. So he kind of just threw his connections with rugby. Uh, was looking at ways that I could stay there and study and play and go go down and coach or play in the university. And uh, yeah, something came up in the summer of a university in Atlanta, which was Life University. And there was a connection between two coaches. An Irish coach was coaching mm-hmm. uh, the US and the other coach was the director of rugby there. So they put me in touch and I ended up getting a, a four-year student visa to go down there and study. So Brilliant. True all that. Um, so, how old were you when you moved over to the states? Oh, and also, what what is Mister McGinty Senior's um, connection with rugby? What what's his background? So, uh, my dad is a t- was a teacher in Blackrock in the school. Oh, they're pretty and, good. And he would have coached uh, in the school as well. So, um, I think one year back in like nineteen ninety eight, his mate was taking a US All American team to New Zealand, and my dad went down there and coached on the team. So he met a lot, a lot of the lads that were coaching. So when I went to New York, the coach at the time in New York was Mike Tolkien, who ended yeah, up yeah. becoming the US Eagles coach. So it was kind of a link there that if I was going to go to New York, would I be like, is there a position to go, uh, is there a team to go out and play? So Mike Tolkien was the connection there. Um, and yeah, my, I think just this, the circle so small in America that my dad got to know a lot, of, a lot of the guys who ended up progressing through the ranks as coach in America. So you went to New York I assume, and please correct me if I'm wrong, basically for a bit of fun <laughs> as a young man and just you know, exploring the world, not to play rugby. This wasn't the plan. Yeah, well, I, I yeah, well, I, my mates were over there at the time and they got visas and I had already told them I was going to come over. So it was actually around this time, six years ago, that I flew over. Um, and because I was going there, it was just a way to... Would, would I be able to get like accommodation set up through yeah. a rugby club and that? So that was the angle I was kind of work, working and the rugby club ended up where were able to put me up for, who, for the rugby season. Who did you play for there? And the New York Athletic Club. So okay. they're called Nyack, yeah. So there were, there, there's Nyack and there's Old Blue who are the two big teams in, in New York and that's a, bi- a big rivalry over there. Old, now, Old Blue, are they anything to do with the police force or something like that? Uh, or, is it, or is it for some other reason they're called that? They they may have. I'm not. It might, it might have been a police force team back in the day. I'm not too sure. You know, yeah, well, research on that. When, when I went over to New York last, I was lucky enough to play with Bayon, Bayon Bombers for. Uh, I, uh, I think the police force is the it's it's New York Rugby Club is a is a police force team. I think is that right? Yeah, and in, then you have Old Blue as well. So, what did you end up doing in Life University? What was your What was your degree? What was your uh, What was your cover for being there? I had a. I had a master's in exercise and sports science was yeah. was the degree. So that that was like twelve to sixteen month degree, and then when I went back to the US Embassy in Dublin to to go through and get the checks and do my interview, they ended up giving me a visa for four years. <laughs> so I just was going to ride that out for as for and as long as possible. Did you get a full scholarship in in Georgia? Uh, so that university is is one of few that they don't have. A, it's a small university. No just started up an undergraduate program didn't have a um a football team so rugby and basketball were their two biggest sports yeah um so they were able to provide full scholarships which is rare because you don't really get that yeah in, it's in very america rare. so 
part of it was that I was going to be coaching as well. So I I do I do the coaching with the undergrad and the and and the skills coach sort of role, as well as uh, playing for the playing for the men's team too. So uh, through that, yeah, I was fortunate enough to get to get a scholarship and uh, housing housing as well on campus. So hang on, before you went over, then you must have been on the radar of one of the provinces. So I would I would have done I. When I was like sixteen and seventeen, I I was in the Leinster under sixteen and seventeen setups. And then after school, um, I had a nineteens nineteens trials straight out of school, which mm. is you know you have like fifty lads from the sort of top schools in Leinster, or whatever. So I ended up breaking my wrist, and I I never competed for that. Oh. Um, and then after that, I I did the next year the Leinster twenties, I I wasn't involved, so I kind of just sort of like. I wasn't really on the radar, but I, I was just I was just playing the under twenties rugby and competing with all these guys that were in in those academies. So, um, yeah, I would have like the the schools rugby and the Leinster setup is is very competitive and they made the players yeah, to so put they, it mildly. Yeah, yeah. So um, at the time I was playing scrum half and John Cooney, who's now at Ulster, was the scrum half that I would have been competing with. Uh, oh, and right, okay, he yeah. Went, I've actually went. seen these play scrum off for sale as well. I didn't realize that that was that used to be your position. Yeah, yeah. Up to I first I played my first game uh, at out half at under nineteens, um, so yeah, John Cooney went into the academy, but I was never really like neck and neck with John Cooney. He was from eighteens, nineteens, twenties. John Cooney was always always the the sort of nine coming through um, from my age group. I'm with you. Yeah. So, how much coaching did you actually get to do over at Life? Uh, I would have done a lot. Like it's it's a like rugby mad. They've they've got like forty to fifty students that come in uh, in the program, and you know you'd have your gym in the morning. You do a skill session. It's you do your afternoon session, then probably a kicking session, and then I do my training in the evening as well and with the men's team. So it's yeah, it was pretty full on. So how many lads are like you then, like kind of from abroad but with roots in America or something like that, which are bought across? Or are they mostly American nationals that are playing there? In in life or the, for uh, the sorry, national team? In in life. In life there was, so at the time, the men's team had a, had a, a lot of lads. There was four or five South Africans that were over doing the chiropractic degree. So I would have been mates with Josh Strauss's older brother. Really? Yeah, who was doing the chiropractic degree uh, in Life University and was like <laughs> was a freak of nature. So when he came over, he was a prop that was going to like go through the system and play for America. Where, where's he playing now? He's no, he's not playing. He ended up damaging a disc in his neck and he, he doesn't play anymore. Oh my word! So he stopped playing. But yeah, when I started playing with him, he was just like killing boys over there. Cause, I, I, well, I mean, I've I've encountered Josh Strauss in a corridor, and yeah, uh, yeah. he's an intimidating bloke. So there was a yeah, there was four or five South Africans. There, uh, there was a Kiwi. And then there was a few Islander boys that were from the like Samoan fathers, Tongan fathers, but grew up on the west coast of yeah. America. There's quite a there. lot of that, yeah, it's, isn't it? It's, it's massive. Yeah, there's if you if you're going the, over in the, to the west coast, like uh, you'd find you'd find a lot of them. That's why that pro league pulled out. Like these guys that were probably just on they're unfit, come from football programs, but if you when you put them on the road pitch, they were just annihilating each other like really physical oh I mean there are some there's some fairly famous well the most famous example of course is I always get his name the wrong way around Manu Sa- Sa- Sam, Samu Manoa Samu Manoa yeah, yeah he, he is you know, one of the most physical players on the planet yeah yeah and now um, Joe uh, Taufedi that's at Worcester yeah so he came into like a pre-World Cup camp at the same time around the same time I did and had been playing the game a year and a half two years is that all he's, he's yeah, been doing yeah. 
So, um, and he like he's a brilliant player if you if he can just stay fit. Yeah, he's yeah he's a bit of a beast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so from this is where it all gets a bit cloudy for me now. Did did you just go then straight from life and get picked up by Connacht? How did that move occur? Yeah, so true. The after the World Cup, um, obviously that like the hope was and that's like spotlight that you try pick up something and, and um, get a professional gig and yeah, just just got to send some stuff out and uh, Pat Lamb got in touch and then I, I went down to Connacht and. Like a week after we the World Cup had finished, I, w- I was moving to Galway. Now, just for the listeners, um, who remind us who was in your group in the World Cup? We had South Africa, Scotland, Japan, and Samoa. That's awesome, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was it like going out against South, South Africa? I didn't. I that was the one game I didn't play. Oh, uh, you're yeah, joking? How, I know, how yeah. come? And that was that was in the. The new stadium as well, then in London too, where the, where West Ham are now at. So I didn't get to play in that game. So yeah, I was not selected, just, injured. Just, no, no, just yeah, just not selected. Oh. We had uh, played, yeah, we had Samoa, Scotland, then we had them, and then we played Japan like in a four day turnaround. So we yeah. had, uh, I didn't play that game. Absolutely gutted. I know. Yeah, I, I yeah, I remember walking out just through the tunnel and. Having a ban and the, the, the sheer size of the man, I was. They were, they were. Pro- they, in fairness, they were probably uh, relieved that you weren't playing. <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, no, it's a, a great experience. It's funny because my first, my first test for America was on the west coast, um, and I'd just come from probably playing like your university level, uh, well, men's level in America. So, with the team we had, we had a lot of foreigners, and then we had a lot of like. Mm. Le- the the American lads that were there were training three times a week, so they're always ahead of. We were always ahead of every other team, so we were we were beating them by high numbers, and then played against Samoa, who Johnny Leota and TJ <laughs> TJ were both playing. So I remember I remember that was I don't know if I, I remember half time that game thinking they can't, they can't be all like this. Like my body was in bits. I'd made. <laughs> numerous tackles like it was just a very physical game TJ in particular is just a nightmare with ball in hand <laughs> yeah he is but uh, I like to say that I, I smashed him in that game but no there's no there's no video evidence of me, of me, hit, <laughs> me hitting maybe he just wasn't caught on camera mate no it wasn't but uh, we had a wrestle there before I actually did my knee in and I beat him so I just like to point that out did you ever get were you around when Vladim Kobolash was about? No, he left the year before I arrived. So he left two years ago. So apparently he was the best wrestler, bar none, at Sale Sharks. Was he? Oh, yeah, like to the point that not only would he beat lads, he would beat them whilst he was laughing. <laughs> yeah, I've got a... Well, Johnny's been training pretty hard to get his knee right, but we've got... I'm giving him a title shot um, probably in about four weeks when my knee's fully mended, so... Um, how is the knee? It's good, yeah. It's uh, you know, at the time I was, I just feared the worst, and it was just more of a shock to to what had happened. But um, and the manner in which it happened, because I heard a pop and just the way I fell, it was it was just in agony. But um, yeah, no, the specialist is pretty happy. So on Monday, at the t- at the time, he said I was very lucky not to blow the whole knee out. Oh. So that would have been obviously six or seven months, which would have been uh, disastrous. But it's uh, thankfully no surgery. So I didn't required. actually, I didn't actually see the game. Uh, what what happened? Oh, uh, we had a botched um, exit, and the ball had fallen to me. And stupidly, I should have just—I was on my line. I should have just tried to like 
carry. Mm. Um, but I, I tried to just clear it as, as fast as I could, and it got charged down. So it fell right to the hooker. So he's just, I, I just tried to tackle him and keep him up high. Oh, no. And then as he went to deck, I was the only sort of. Oh, so you're falling player. backwards. I was the only self player in the rook, and three lads sort of cleared me out. But uh, yeah, I just, I just remember hearing the pop and the position I was in. I was like, I was pleading with the Harlequins lads to just like, get <laughs> off me. I need to move my leg. And they, to be fair to them, they were very helpful with me. But um, yeah, just. Just, just very stupid. So, what was the diagnosis then? Because I do, I do remember coming to the press day like uh, the week, the week after, because you had to wait for the, for the swelling to come down. And but they were saying that it wasn't as bad as they feared. Yeah, so it's a, a grade three tear. So um, the the MCL doesn't actually need any surgery. So that's the the, the positive about it. So it's ten ten to twelve week injury. But it's it's like if we had like I know there's that break. Um, March third, like if there was a game March tenth, I could play. Or if if it's going well, geez, I'd I'd love to push it. Uh, I don't know if I want to push it, but if it feels really good and I'm progressing well, and the physio say um, I could go back earlier, you know, I, I definitely would. But with that break, it gives me another like seven weeks. Yeah, so. doesn't it? Yeah. So are you able to do any jogging on it or weights or? Uh, yeah, I've been doing. To- I've been doing a lot of weights, uh, making some good progress in that department. Uh, I just started doing some cycling and farmer lifts and all that. So. It, the next few weeks will be very tough because I'll be just putting more more load on it. Yeah. When you've got a, a knee injury, is that just a good excuse to go into the gym and finally do some like t-shirt weights, <laughs> a few extra curls and shrugs? Well, I get a bit of stick for not for, <laughs> for neglecting that area, but uh, yeah, no, it has because to be honest, just the way it's been, and you're away with America, and then you get like you don't get a full preseason, so you come back. Maybe the lads have been back four or five weeks when when I when I've been getting back as I've been away with America. So it's there's not that sort of um, like I don't get that load that, they, that yeah. they've had and the fitness and the heavy weights and all that those sessions I'm just kind of straight into it and get up to speed and, and then play the like first preseason friendly in, in whatever three weeks time so uh, it's kind of helped me in that in that area where you know because the S and C side of my game is is like my strength is is a, is a weakness I'd say so. Uh, it's definitely given me a, a bit of time to to develop that. When we say the S and C side, I mean, do you mean your like your, like your, like your cardio or your actual? Well, I know. Yeah, I shouldn't, say, I shouldn't say S and C. I should just say strength. Yeah, just just my strength in general or or, or my upper body. Um, yeah, I, my cardio is always. I've always been pretty pretty fit. Yeah. Because I mean, players are getting bigger and bigger and bigger now. I mean, yeah. it's going to be there's going to be a time. I was going to say it's going to be a time. There already is a time when players. I mean, you're you're not a small bloke. What are you five? Like five, uh, five ten, five eleven? I go six one. So you're not. <laughs> well, I'm I'm six one. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm I was taller than you. Uh, if we sta- walking in. If the floorboards are cooking upstairs, we, if we stand up. <laughs> I, I I'm going to have to check those stats, mate. I'm 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 not I'm not convinced. But we'll, <laughs> I'm definitely six one. Right. Okay. We'll we'll go with six one. <laughs> yeah. No. But I've always been like. I was always very small, so that's why I was playing scrum half. I was very short growing up, so I probably took a. But you got six foot of sale. Growth spread around uh, nineteen twenty. So yeah, I reckon I'm six one now. But I, I've, I've, got, <laughs> I've never been strong in the gym, so that's why this is this has been a great opportunity for me to, to improve that. Yeah, well, you know, it it it's funny you say that because uh, one of the guys that I've, that, that I've interviewed pre- previously uh, blew up uh, blew up his knee over in France. And he just said, like, the progress he's made in the gym because he doesn't have the workload of, yeah. you know, games and all the rest of it is just immense. Like, yeah, no, you know, it, is, it is very good. And I've, yeah, I've been, like, keeping track of it and keeping the numbers. So just to make sure I am I am progressing, I have a four-week 
because Byron's now injured. Uh, so I've got a four-week body transformation challenge with him as well. <laughs> he's actually pretty ripped, though. <laughs> no, he's not. He is. He, he's 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 pretty. He's pretty lean. I'll he, give him that much. Well, he is for the amount of cookies and all stuff he, he'd be eating. But uh, yeah, no, we've we've uh, we had a really tough session actually yesterday. So no, it's good because uh, he's he's Johnny's probably a bit more. Um, He's starting to do his running and that. So oh, of course you've got your little injury club now. Yeah, yeah. There's a few of us, a few so, of us in there. So who who's that at the moment? You, Johnny, and Byron. And Byron and um, yeah, Rabs is just carrying a, a sort. He's got a problem with his calf at the moment. Uh, sorry, uh, James O'Connor. Oh right, he's okay. having uh, a problem with his calf. So and then who's the best athlete? Tom in Tom, Tom Curry's there as well. Who's Tom? Tom Curry's the hooker. No, no, Tom Curry. Oh Curry! I, yeah, thought, yeah. I, thought, I was going to say I thought 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 that uh, thought that he he was at Wasps. Um, who is the best athlete in 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 that little group? Um, in the in the injured in yeah, the yeah. group in, in the injury party. Um, best athlete. I don't know. Rab, uh, James James Connors is in good shape now. Uh, I'd say I'd say Johnny Leota. I just think it's the the way those that they're molded like they're just freaks. Yeah. So. Um, for a man of of thirty seven, thirty seven, he's oh, yeah, he's, he's. I watched him. Uh, he's thirty four. He's thirty four last month. So no, I watched him in like an A League game not uh, not so long ago because that's the kind of guy that I am. I, and I go and watch the A team occasionally, and uh, like maybe he wasn't as fast as the young Wasps lads, but every time he hit contact, it was like three, literally three or four Wasps boys, three or four nineteen year olds hanging on to his calves and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, he's 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 very physical and and dynamic. Like they're just uh, he's 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 a good athlete. Yeah, well, hopefully he'll be back uh, sooner 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 rather than later. Yeah, no, I think he's um, he we probably be back around the same time. I think he's looking to get back for that uh, after just the game straight after the break. Mm. Um, now you're you're a bit of a weird one in this respect, right? <laughs> Which yeah. is. I don't know of many rugby players who've got this sort of cult status in not just one small rugby community, which is the United States. Because trust me, if you speak to the boys, and I, I've got a few friends that do podcasts um, about United States rugby. Yeah, I met, you know, I met them. Yeah, yeah, the good blokes. And, yeah, they, you know, it's AJ McGinty, everything. I really. don't know about that. <laughs> but um, also, I, I had the pleasure of chatting to some guys that do a... Uh, Connacht podcast, and they hold you in equally high regard. You've got like these dual little cult followings. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They're well, both great places. Those, those, the lads, the the boys do the one in America. They're from Atlanta. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, I got to meet them when I was when I was over there last year. And uh, I don't know. Connacht's just every, the, the people in, in Connacht are just great people. Like everyone gets along. It's a great little city in, in Galway. So um, yeah, no, just yeah, really enjoy, enjoy my time there. Now, one of the things I love most about rugby is following teams who people wouldn't necessarily always follow. So that's why I love going to all Tier 2 stuff. I went to watch, uh, Georgia recently. I was over in Madrid this week checking out the National Stadium for their game against Germany. And something which I'd love you to talk about is your game in Siberia. Oh, yeah. Um, so what will, how, how, did that, how, that, how did that come about? So that was... Um... That was part of the the European Cup, mm-hmm. so uh, NSI. Now there's two teams in it, but they were they were the only team in it. That yeah, year, so they were the first team in it. NSI and Krasnoyar now. Yeah, yeah, yeah Krasnoyar, um, and that's where we actually we played that game. So the 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 deal for that for that uh, year was that w- one team would have to go all the way to Krasnoyar, 
because that's where they, that's where they're based. Yeah, and then the other team would play in so um, somewhere near somewhere near Moscow. Yeah, I think they do some of their games in Moscow, but they took one game to Siberia for yeah, some reason yeah. I don't know. So we we it was just picked out of a hat and connected with a team that would have to do it. So, um, yeah, God, it was a long journey because we flew. It was like three hour flight to to Moscow, and then from Moscow. It was another five-hour journey. So between the time zones, wow, the time zones we play we played at. I think we played at three in the day, so it was like five-hour change, three in the day, and it was like on at ten in the morning. Hang on, over here. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So it was very far. Like, um, and it was honestly, it was a scene. I remember coming out, <laughs> coming off the plane, and there was no, there was no other planes. Every other plane <laughs> had snow on it. There was just. Massive big trees, like there was nobody around. I, I remember take I sat, I took a photo of it because it was just it was like, it was like something out of the, the Rocky movie. Um, so yeah, we we arri- I think we arrived uh, four or five days in advance. We four days in advance. Oh really? So you had time to accl- acclimatize then? Yeah, and our training sessions that week were actually on at um, six in the morning. Oh, so you could adjust? Yeah, yeah. So we could adjust. So all, all our training sessions that week were were on at six in the morning. Um, and then, yeah, just just to get us used to, because we obviously had an, er- an early flight out as well. So, um, it was actually fine getting over there because we had a, the chartered pl- a chartered plane. So it was all the the, the team had the, your own row, and then a few fans and all the all the medical staff and and the, the coaching staff. But on the way back, we had well, yeah, sorry, the game itself was played in minus twenty six degrees. Now, were you aware? Conditions. Did they tell you that in advance it's going to be minus twenty? Well, we were told in advance that the stadium was sold out. Twenty thousand people are coming to the game. Um, the pitch is has under soil heat uh, heating system, so there'll be no snow on the pitch. Perfect. But it it will be very cold. Um, and Ireland actually played played Russia there. I can't remember. You all right? They did a world a World Cup qualifier, didn't they? Yeah, Ireland played Russia there. Um, Probably like ten years. I'm pretty sure I remember years. Keith Wood in the airport. I think it might be that long ago. Yeah, yeah. So um, Ireland had played a game there, but anyway, yeah, we like the conditions were were just were horrific. So you step outside the the hotel that we were staying at, and it was just you, you needed to get like the, the full mace, uh, face mask. And so when was there like a moment of realization when you were stepping off the plane, like this isn't going to be normal? Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely wasn't. We had our, our training session, and it was. We had to work around the times that we were going to have, um, like the ho- the hottest part of the day, which was nothing. <laughs> and all the all the buildings that are around us were just like run down, run down apartments. Like just a not a very like it, it's very Siberian. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, it's very I mean, Siberian. I've watched you a few times play. You're a very skillful guy. How does that? How does that? Um, that climate, how does it affect like your handling and stuff like that, and just your ability yeah, to do I, to things? Honest, I was probably very fortunate because I was touching the ball a lot. Yeah, um, oh, imagine being a winger. Yeah, no, the wingers, the wingers were were freezing. Yeah, I was, I was touching the ball a lot, but it was just just so hard hard to hold the ball. But even kicking, like it just took. It was like kicking a rock. Like the ball would wouldn't travel at all. Like you'd from about twenty five meters out, that was like the kicking range. Because if you go any further, so one of I had a kick from the touchline that. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Short, and then the next, uh, we got our, our long-distance kicker, the same kick, and he, he, he missed short <laughs> as well. So uh, kicking was, was a big problem, but um, yeah, the conditions, because the, the, the pitch actually didn't have under soil heating. There was probably... 300 people in the stands oh so there wasn't 20,000 there no no no. it was minus 26 degrees it was it was freezing I remember uh, at half time we had, we all had the hot drinks and the hot water bottles to the hole and does that help does that help I no, can't imagine not helping did, but, but and we were getting rubs on our legs and our, and our hands and uh, knee, knee Ad, Loken, who was uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like Irish uh Nigerian background, but he used to live in Ireland. And <laughs> well, more importantly were, than any of his, that, he's on the wing. Yeah, his fingers were purple. He had his hot drink in his hand. It was just spilling everywhere. Like his hand was like un- uncontrollable. <laughs> and I had, I had two like physios on, trying to trying to cool, uh, trying to heat him up. Should I say? And then when we went out second half, the the weather dropped again. So <sighs> yeah, and to be fair, the the, the NSI boys were like feeling it just as much as we were. Like yeah, they weren't. They weren't used to that either so. because they're not from. They're not actually from there, are yeah, they? Yeah, they're not. So they were. Yeah, they were feeling it as well. They just, they just had a Kiwi guy come over and land the day before, and he. Was, oh, can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. I think he signed up to to play for them for three months. I, I don't think he lasts. I, I don't think it like suited suited them too much. But um, tell you what, there there, there is one thing, isn't there? Going to New York and doing some bar work and playing socially, and another thing goes across yeah. New York for uh, yeah. A that few was weeks. actually my my starting debut as well I think what, too, yeah. was it? yeah because I'd come off because I'd signed late in the season after the World Cup and then I'd come off the bench once or twice and then that was my my debut now World Rugby Regulations state you're not allowed things like do you like tights like like compression layers yeah we weren't on... allowed to wear them so we had we had about we went down to the lads had bought we had brought the Under Armour yeah the skins but we everyone had gone down to the the shopping centre and bought like two two more like we had to wear three or four. So upper body, I mean, you're not warm, but you've got three or four base layers on. Lower yeah. body, you just have to yeah, deal with it. Yeah. And to and just to stop it rolling up, there was heavy heavy tape and everything. And the lads on the bench had like uh, blankets and everything. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Well, the guy I spoke to, um, a guy called William Davis, actually, who does a Connacht podcast, he actually went to watch that game. Uh, so you probably, you probably yeah. encountered him on like on on the charter well, we flight. We definitely did, yeah, because a few of the Connacht fans had like tr- like, and we were so lucky that our journey was like a chartered flight and it was all for us. But they had like connecting flights, connecting flights. They had such a long journey, and yeah, we they stayed in the same hotel <laughs> hotel with us too. Like unbelievable support. It's like, quite incredible. It, it's quite something. Is it? But he was saying the reason I brought his name up is because um, he was saying that his eye 
his iPhone didn't work. It was so cold, the iPhone started like shutting down. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was it was mad, but that that like it was great. We got we got the win and then uh, and got a bonus point win as well, which was was really good. And then on the way on the way back, the the plane had shut down, it had frozen. One of the parts was frozen, or there was a mechanical fault. <laughs> so the way back, we were meant to leave Saturday night and get in Sunday, and we couldn't fly that night so we had to go back at a new hotel then the next day we went to the airport to fly out our our visas were reje- our, our visas had run out oh, so we really? couldn't leave so we had to sort out our new visas so um we didn't get we went to leave saturday get back sunday we didn't get home till tuesday morning as well the way back <laughs> amazing we, we had like three different three different parties returning like guys went through London, Amsterdam, all different flights. Is that because different guys from different nationalities had different visa requirements? No, no, all or of just us, all of us couldn't couldn't leave because we we our visa had expired. Oh, nightmare! Yeah, yeah, and then um, we had we had an Irish Irish guy that was our translator, and he was obviously like in a very difficult position trying to trying to get it all sorted. But um, yeah, we weren't allowed we weren't allowed to leave on the Sunday. Bloody! I forgot to forgot to ask. Did you win? Uh, yeah, yeah, we we beat them. Uh, we were the only side to beat them uh, away. They won all. They won the rest of their home games, and we beat them. We were the only team to beat them that year. That's awesome. I think Newcastle. It was Newcastle. And yeah, Newcastle gone down. And Breve, Breve lost them. Yeah, there's. I'm sure Krasny have beaten a few big teams in, in, in the past. I'm sure. Who's the other team that have got a scalp? Maybe. Maybe it's one of the Romanian teams have beat. I'm sure that they've beaten a, a Premiership side or a Pro 14 side. Really, yeah, it's just yeah, just now, crazy place to go. After you played that sort of game, I mean, the game sounds intense. Were you in any state of mind, you and the boys afterwards, to have like a few beers? Because it is a unique experience. Yeah, well, I think at, at the airport, once we were told, once we were told, like we're not, because we had breathe the next week at home. Yeah, and then once we were told that we're not going to get back, like a few of the boys, or it's delayed, so we have a few beers and then. Um, yeah, on the way back because we were so delayed, we were trying to get back on to Irish time zone. So, um, yeah, a few lads, a few lads went out, and then the, the meeting the next day was at a an early time. So yeah, a few a few of the boys missed the meeting because went to a nightclub and had a, had a pretty good time. Uh, one hell of an experience. So um, it, it, yeah. it's it's amazing to think how much money is spent in rugby and trying to make teams bond and you know find new. Uh, new ways to improve performance or what have you. I mean, Warren Gatland started putting his players in a fridge. I, I imagine a, a quick trip to Krasny R on a bru- <laughs> on a brutal tour might just do the trick. <laughs> yeah, um, God. I, so, I still remember how how cold that was just from just from the easy easy beside me, like he was just shivering so much. Now you were saying that was your first stop. Yeah. So that must that must have been the year before. Connor won the pro four, pro twelve as it was. No, that was that was, was the that same, same year. year. Same year, yeah. So, 15, 16 season. Now this is, I find quite interesting. You weren't the starting fly half when you when when you went there. No, no. So they had uh, Jack Hardy was the ten, and then uh, Craig Ronson was also ten, but he played twelve too. Mm. So they were kind of both both dueling it out for for ten, and then actually uh, at the time Shane O'Leary, who's now the Canadian out half. Uh, he was suffering from head problems, so they were just short of a of a ten. So that's what I uh, I got signed on. Oh, right. So were you on a short term deal or? Uh, no, it was a it was a one year deal plus plus the one. Um, and then I, I think then two weeks following that, I 
I made my second start against Munster away, and then I I just I did something to my knee that required like a scope job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was like I was out for for four weeks, which brought me to after Christmas, and then um, yeah, and then we we actually went through a bit of a rough spell, and then got back to winning ways. But Jack had gone away. Um, so after Christmas, then I was like competing with Jack, and Craig was just staying as the tw- as the twelve. And then Jack had gone away, and and he had a had a bad injury while he was away, so that ruled him out for the for the rest of the season, pretty much. Who was who was Jack away with? No, no, we had like a tone the Pro Twelve on the internationals. You get that week, oh, week yeah, window yeah. where you get away. So he had gone away and injured himself just on his holiday. Oh, sorry, I'm with yeah, you, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when on uh, his holiday, doing what? I came off a slide, a uh, water slide, and <laughs> he ruptured his his spleen. No. Yeah, yeah. He was, jeez, uh, he was in a bad way, and he'd like lost a lot of weight. But now it's good. He's like he came, he came back, and he's he, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It was really bad. Uh, these things only happen to pro sportsmen. Yeah, I mean, like I know. literally hundreds of thousands of people go down the same slide with no issues whatsoever. But yeah. if you get paid for use of your body, you guarantee you're going <laughs> to rupture a spleen doing something. Yeah, and I think there was like. He was. It happened in in Dubai as well, and there was a load. Of, he he didn't know it for like another twenty four hours, so he was just carrying. He was taking painkillers, but it was just in complete agony. So, um, yeah. After after that, then I kind of got like a full run of 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 games all the, for the rest of the season. Now that's actually incredible, isn't it? Because if you think about where you came from and how your rugby career progressed, I, as much as anything, it was it was it was it was luck that you got the, got the, got the opportunity, and how important just having the opportunity is. Yeah, exactly, and I was it just it's oh yeah, I was, I was very fortunate just to how, how it all fell, and the timing with the, my, me finishing my degree and that um, the World Cup year, and you know there was um, the US were were in need of of a ten as well at the time too, so uh, the, the the current ten there had, had picked up a few injuries, so he wasn't a full health too. So the minute like I got in, I got I got a, a good few run of games, so. Uh, yeah, it's very forces. Did you want to be a professional rugby player? Was that always the goal? Um, growing like I'd I'd always played growing up, and like Black Rock is is one of the the top schools in, in Leinster. Um, so yeah, I was I was, I was playing at a, com- at a competitive level all my life, and I one year I, I stopped and I, I gave it up to play football. Yeah, at like sixteen. Um, and I actually wanted to be growing up. I wanted to be a professional soccer player, but um, I went back to the rugby after the year, and I'm just, I'd just be quite driven that I want to play at the highest level, no matter what I'm doing. Mm. Um, so, so it was always sport then. It wasn't like yeah, yeah, definitely was always sport. So academically, I wasn't wasn't the sharpest tool. So um, it was always always something to do in sport. And that, that going over to America, I kind of played the AIL, which is the highest level for your your amateur yeah. on the under twenties. Um, and uh, I'd, I'd always pl- I was playing at, at a competitive level that wasn't professional so I didn't want to have that in my head where I'd look back and think oh you know you you know I didn't want to be that lad that said I could have do- could have done that because I, I don't like those people like that yeah. would say that you're either good enough or you're not and that's something that my, my brother had always told me it, in everything you're either good enough or you're not don't don't say you, you, you could do that um, so when I got that opportunity to go to America and I moved down to to Atlanta, um, that was like a, a second shot. It was kind of like it's a long way away, but if if things go right and you work pretty hard, there's an opportunity to play for America. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that my best shot. 
Yeah, well, I mean, then to do that, and then to be winning the Pro 12 the next year. When you first got into that team, in that Connacht team, then how did the coaches kind of ease you into it? Because they're playing a different, they're playing a different system to most other people. You know, you're new to the Irish game. I mean, that's probably your first senior appearance, right? Yeah, in yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the, the I think Pat Lamb had been there. That was his third season, so he had installed pretty much everything. Everybody knew knew exactly what their role was and everything was very detailed very structured so it it did take a bit of getting used to um and, and finding my feet but there was just a massive amount of learning and just like from from the coaches to the players like educating them about the game and so um like i've always been like fascinated with rugby and interested in the dynamics of it the systems mm. of it like in every facet of the game bar probably the scrum or line out which I wouldn't have, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't have a clue learning a bit from just watching Brin operate the line out but um, yeah I'd, I'd just be very interested in, in like all facets of the game so um, when I was learning this stuff like it was, it was really exciting for me and understanding it and then you know being able to pass it on or pass it on to the, the lads in Life University that where I was where I'd come from so um yeah, just just be a, be a sponge, pretty much. And Re- go with it. It's really interesting to say it was so structured because when everyone thinks of Connacht when they won it, they don't think of structured rugby. But it's kind of how much freedom you have within the structure, if that makes sense, yeah. or how much the structure allows you to be creative. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, I think like when a when a new coach comes in and is trying to implement that much structure, there there's going to be resistance to it because oh we've never done that or that's not how we do things. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just, the, as you said, the amount of creativity it looked like lads had, and they did. It actually brought out the best in in players by by fifteen lads being cohesive and, and sticking to the structure. It proved to be really successful, and um, yeah. One thing that was always said it was like, oh, how like, one, like each each week a different winger might score score tries, or this winger score tries, the fullback score tries, and how is he doing that? And it would always be said. I, he does that in training each week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever, whatever's happening on the pitch, we've done in training. We've repped it so many times. You know, so there was just a, ma- a massive amount of, amount of detail. And I think that's what made it easy for me to to come in because any call that I would make, it would be the same call that every single ten that would play would make. There was no, I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. Which which I think you might you you might have a lot. So um, yeah, it was it, was, it, it, it took me a. a, a like a few months to get up to speed, but it was uh, it was a very easy easy like place to learn and and fit into. Now that's interesting. So you know the the, the system helped helped you play. When you came over to Sale, the system is different. Uh, did you did you struggle to adjust them? Yeah, yeah, definitely did. Um, just on on like. I just I I did struggle with the attack and and how we were attacking um and I just the way getting used to it and I I just didn't me me making my calls and at the time there was new well strings was there Mike Phillips had come in there was new tens and there was also a lot of new signings in the squad yeah so there was a lot of changes and I think seven new signings that yeah that summer something like something like that. it was a big turnover and, yeah and then you had the academy guys in as well and the Currys were, were getting a lot of game time too so. Yeah, there was a, it was a big turnover. So um, when I look back on it, I, yeah, it, it was it was very frustrating. I wish I had a obviously I wish I had a perform better, but maybe maybe voiced my voiced my opinion a lot more. But I didn't want to be 
I'm a, I'm a first year professional. This is my second year. I'm coming into a new environment. And it's the first environment I've been yeah, to where I don't know. I don't really know anybody because when I went to Connacht, I knew, I knew a few guys because they were played in Leinster. When I went to America, I knew people. You know what yeah. I mean? It was just uh, I was just trying to find my feet, and I didn't want to be a guy that is always talking because then you might be a guy that thinks you know it all, and I'm I, I don't know it all. What so. a weird situation because I never really thought about that. You're you are a second year pro. And you're second year pro who only really got established se- second half of the season. Yeah. But Dimes has brought you in to run the show. You know, you're you're actually the guy who yeah. everyone's depending on. So it's a really tricky situation. It's not like you've been there and done it. Well, you have. You, you, you're actually yeah. coming over as a champion. <laughs> you know, after eight games or, 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 or whatever it is. Yeah. I, I, by the end of that season, I think I had like 20, 20 appearances and 15 starts. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it was... It was and I hadn't... And, and also, how do you go about... I mean, if if you did decide to be the guy who talks a lot, how do you go about telling Mike Phillips and uh, Stringer where to, like, yeah, where, well, where to throw a ball? Uh, <laughs> well, see, the thing is, I, I, I do... When I get to these, like, one-to-one situations and I'm talking, with, with those two, it was... I'm going to talk, I'm going to ask them questions and get their... Inf- and, get their inf- information obviously years of experience a lot of knowledge so I'm going to gain as much as I can of them and then I'm going to base my idea of them and see if they like it and it, like a lot of the stuff I was saying they, 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 they did agree with so it was just about having that on like getting now 30, 30 mm. lads to like to buy into that without being this like know-it-all yeah I'm, I'm, and I probably should have been more bossy but it was kind of just like I got to I got to get to know everybody first before I can like boss boss it I guess. I mean I was going to ask you like what would you do differently if you could do it again but I I guess you wouldn't you shouldn't really do anything differently because it's taken you some time to do it the way that you wanted but now we're you know x amount of months down the road now you've 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 fitted in brilliantly dimes actually referred to you as a premiership animal <laughs> which uh, you know high pra- high praise indeed. Yeah I I like Obviously, my biggest, my like biggest regret, I, I hurt my hamstring at the, the first game of the season, and then uh, I just don't think, I just don't think we had a like a a system that it was like fifteen to whatever thirty players could step in and out of and be cohesive, and that was because there was there was a lot of changes, and there was even a lot of changes in the in the the background of the club with with new owners yeah. and all that. So there was there was a lot of a lot of hype and that, and then it was like getting to know getting to know Deeks and uh, working with him and, and learning from him as well and I think this year definitely like this year I feel we're, we're going we're going along steady um, there's definitely a lot more in us but from a like attacking point of view there's a there's a, there's a hell of a lot more consistency to what we do and there's there's a lot a lot more knowledge about what we're doing and understanding I feel so I think like we're making a lot of progress I wish it could happen I wish it happened the previous year but it just it it takes time and you got to build foundations and build your relationships because that's the most important thing. Well, funnily enough, have you ever heard of a guy called Ben Darwin? I keep talking about Ben Darwin all the time, but he was he used to be the prop for Australia. So I interviewed him a while ago, and he talks about contractual stability and with different players fitting into schemes at different times. And he said, for fly halves, you're looking for about three years before you've re- before you've really settled in and start uh, and start playing your best rugby. Uh, yes, I think. Like that's probably. I mean, it took you twenty games to win the Pro Twelve, and then. Uh... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that's twenty for, for me playing, but then, 
Like I still, I still think that if, like, whoever, whatever ten would have been there for that Connacht v Leinster final, we still would have won. Do you really think that though? Yeah, that's the, well, that's the confidence I had in what we were doing. Wow, I mean that, that's I mean that's quite modest of you, but it's also quite some statement and quite some confidence in 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 Pat Lamb. Uh, yeah, well, I just I just think the the Palam, the, the other coaches, and just what just what was happening in there. But that, but it it took. I know Connacht had come, Connacht had come a long way, but then it, like for Palam, it was his it was his third year, so it mm. took him three years to implement what he wanted his side to to play. I guess so. Um, yeah, that that was just the, the belief I had in, in in what we were doing and the players and that. So, how do the two systems differ then, uh, Connacht, Connacht and Sale? Because they are very, very different. Yeah, no, I think. Well, right now, I think there's been a there's been a shift in the last few few years um, to how the teams are defending. So, like even last year, there was a lot of there was a lot of changes in the system Connacht were trying to use, and teams were starting to combat that. Yeah, and it's the same system. If I look at if we look, and it's one of the things that was brought to my attention by John Mitchell because we went to America. This is how he wanted us to defend. He wanted us to be super aggressive, get off the line. And he'd always show clips of um, the Hurricanes doing it in Super Rugby, and that was the year the Hurricanes won the won the league, and they'd scored so many points yeah. from turnovers and from defensive errors and interceptions, and they defend the same way that same style that Saracens do, just get up, get up fast, get set, and and, and go, and, and it doesn't really matter where where the ball is going. You're just putting pressure and getting in the out half's face. So, um, and they've been. Incredibly successful the way they're doing that. So, uh, I think, I think the the way teams are trying to play more expansive, and I think you see that with Northern Hemisphere rugby now in the international yeah. games, a more expansive game. Playing with in Connacht it was nine ten a pot a pot of forwards, but when you're getting hit with a lot of line speed, that's going to be very difficult. Where now uh, with say, and I really enjoy the system we're doing, and I think we we've last year I think we were poor at running the system and this year we're we're good at running the system i, I agree with that actually I, you can so last year it was it was coming you know in in fits and starts it looked ace yeah but generally speaking it just wasn't consistent yeah so i think this year we're a lot we're a lot more consistent and that might be lads playing together a lot um or being being around each other and understanding each other from a from a back's point of view and our positioning and then uh, the new signings that have come in as well, but uh, there, there's just definitely more consistency to what we're doing. I still think we can we can get better, but um, it's it's definitely moving in the in the right place. But it's just a a mold where it's more of nine first phase and and the structure you play of that or what what you want to do of that phase and and what you can do out the back of that pod of three. So, um, which is like the more the most pop more popular system I think you'll see around yeah around and not to get too cell shock cent- uh, centric but what I love about going down to watch cell shocks is if you manage to catch Deeks talking about lines and running angles and the, the, you know what he does well and um, the, like, the details that he adds in into the game tremendously underrated not underrated because people that know him rate him highly yeah but not very well known out outside of the immediate you know cell shocks universe yeah well I think I think a lot of a lot of what's what you coach in rugby union is actually taken from rugby league, and he's got such a knowledge ba- knowledgeable background of rugby league and and those lines running. That's one thing when I when I moved here was was like just straightening up, where holding your feet and not being too aggressive at the line, and then the line the, the line of the pe- the person outside you. So what was happening a lot with me was I'd be trying to like get to an outside defender, but the 
the attacker uh, outside me was trying to pin that defender inside. So we were actually both running at the same hole. Yeah. And one man can defend both of us and I don't have the option out the back. So I was struggling a lot with that. And I think from my perspective, there's there's definitely a time, like cause the previous year it was a bit different. So I was just adjusting to that. And there's just, there's always a time and a place for, for both things. So like, there's there's more ways to do one thing and more more than one way to to be successful. So um, there was definitely an adjustment period for me doing that. And I I I'm, I try I sometimes I don't do it, but sometimes I do do it, and it's it's just just getting the balance right. It is, yeah. And I don't think people in rugby union understand really how much effort and skill goes into the basics of something like a two and one or just those rugby league lines. I mean the nth the nth degree of detail is uh, is applied to it. Yeah, definitely, and, and it is it is like something that I've our our forwards are like they work they work their socks off and their their skill level is improving and, and because our because we've been more consistent with our with our system, I think they're finding themselves in similar positions, so they're always utilizing the same skill or the tip pass or you know their 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 confidence that is growing because they're getting more and more reps in, at at doing that, which is which is always massive and and, and it's the same in sort of our training during the week like. If I'm if I'm if I feel I'm kicking well during the week, I'm, I'm going to carry that into the game. Yeah. The forwards getting a lot of tip passes or pullback passes or or carries, they're going to have a lot more confidence in the game. And it's I, just I, natural. I always love it when um, when a group of forwards get a new skills coach because people just assume forwards can't really handle the ball, and then you put them with a the skills coach for any length of time. In fact, any any group of players, if you put them with a good skill, good good skills coach, you'll be amazed what they can achieve just with that, yeah. you know, just with that bit of assistance. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it was one of the things when I left Ireland, but just hearing about uh, Leinster and when when Joe Schmidt had come in and he was telling them he's going to make them the best passers of the game, mm-hmm. and you know you're an experienced pro and you hear that you're like I can already do that. But yeah, I'm, the, I'm already the, pretty good at that. Thanks. Yeah, the detail level he. He brought it to their pass and what he wanted, and um, yeah, and just making sure they're they're not just working on the stuff they're average at. They got to mm. be working at stuff they're gonna they're they're perfecting. Now, looking back at the last, I mean, I mean, you must look at the back at the last three years and think, bloody hell, how did all that happen? <laughs> uh, but like you've 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 achieved a level of of success now, which I guess. Oh, sorry, that is Tim Cocker calling me. I'll have to hang up on him. Sorry, Tim. Um, yeah. Where where was I go, go, going with that? Yeah, the last um, three years. Yeah, you're at a certain level of success, which you probably, when you're working in a bar in New York, you weren't <laughs> expecting to get. Do, do I you, had a dream. Yeah, well, do, do you ever kind of think, you know, I, I would actually quite like to be playing in one of the provinces, or do, do you ever think along those lines? Are you just very happy the way it's all turned out? Um, yeah, it's 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 worked out really well, and like I'm gotta be like. Obviously, just the support I've had, and extremely thankful to like my family and my parents, and for allowing me to do that. And uh, I, I just, you know, I just want more. You know, yeah. I'm just not like it's been, it's been great. And um, I don't know. Just I don't, don't move really to wasps. Guess. Don't do that. <laughs> no, no. Um, I just want. I, I just, I just want more, and I want to get as good as I can, and just, just keep improving as a player, and um, like. I'd love, I'd love to to win silverware at sales. So, um, just working as hard as I can. I can't really look back at back at how how good it's been. But 
um, it, it it has been an, an amazing experience, but I just yeah want more for well, it. I, I do honestly think that if Sale can just keep this group of boys together and stay under the radar, there's every chance. I mean, I think top six, well, they're already in top six, but I think top four is not unachievable. And the next run of games is going to be absolutely critical. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's why it's important. Like, it wasn't a, a pretty win, but it was a win against London Irish and just started for this block because it was, we've got this block, we have only one home game, that's against Saris, obviously, this Friday. So that's going to be a huge game for us. But then we, we go away and obviously... Northampton are, have sort of turned things around, but they're definitely they're definitely beatable. So, um, yeah, no, we just uh, like, without getting ahead of ourselves, just take uh, take it. A Let me guess, game one game, game at a time. Game, game by game. Excellent. Yeah. Right. Well, AJ, I've kept you here for like an hour now. Have you? Uh, yeah, we've been chatting away for uh, yeah for eight for fifty eight minutes. Your so li- your listeners will be falling asleep. <laughs> Uh, well, thank, uh, thank you, so, thank you so much for coming down and doing this in person because it does make a huge difference. Uh, can we find you on um, social media and stuff to find out what escapades you're up to with the USA or what have you? Uh, t- I, I, I don't really, I have them, but I don't really use them too Ugh. much. Yeah, to be honest, I just are you not plugging like protein shakes and uh... no, just I guess I just feel real awkward about doing that. Like, who, who, who cares that I'm doing that kind of thing? But. Well, I mean, it depends who wants to push like push their products. I saw. Um... Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> carry enough followers or carry enough weight to be like, hey, give me something free and I'll push your products. The, you know, the worst one I saw the other day was um, Scott Williams, the Welsh centre, um, pushing a water cooler. <laughs> Thank you for the <laughs> water cooler, us, game changer. A few of us have been messaged this week. I don't know how I was messaged because I don't have any weight in the social media, but messaged to do like high smile. What's high smile? Like teeth whitening? Oh, what? Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do that. So you might see a few cringy posts about teeth whitening coming <laughs> out <laughs> with your gum shield in as well. Oh, jeez, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, just, just a last thought. Do, do you know whose career that yours sort of reminds me of a little bit? Um, Gareth Steenson. Um, yeah, because I guess he let he left Ireland. Yeah, ended up in here. ended up in Doncaster. Did well there. Over to Exeter Chiefs in a team building. Yeah. You know, not really much known about him until everybody knew about him, if that makes I, sense. I knew about him. Did you? Well, no. My, my cousin was captain of his Ireland under 21 team that went to the first Irish under 21 team to play in the final. They, they got beaten by uh, New, Ze- New Zealand in the final in Glasgow, I think it was. And I was at the game, yeah. yeah. Season, ah. was, season was the 10. Yeah, because he, he flew under the radar for a long, long time. And then yeah. all of a sudden... Unbelievable. Yeah, a, a tremendous player. Anyway, I said that I was going to let you go. Yeah. So I shall let you go, mate. Brilliant. All right, thanks very much for having me. Thank you very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. 
And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Welcome back to Two Judgy Girls. I'm Mary from the Bay. And I'm Courtney from L.A. TJG is the podcast where we spill all the tea on your favorite reality TV shows, celebrity gossip, and everything in between. We're here to bring you our unfiltered opinions, hilarious commentary, and plenty of laughs along the way. We're two SDSU Delta Gamma sisters with a microphone and a whole lot of opinions. Each week, we dive headfirst into the wild world of reality television from Bravo to all the trash TV you could want. We break down the drama, dissect the latest scandals, and share our thoughts on everything from the jaw-dropping moments to the embarrassing antics. But that's not all. We're not here to just gossip. We're here to connect with you, the jurors, and share our love of all things pop culture. Whether we're dishing on the latest celebrity breakups, discussing our favorite guilty pleasure movies, or sharing embarrassing stories from our own lives, we promise to keep it real, keep it fun, and keep you coming back for more. Come judge with us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.